Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I am your host. My co-host is back with us, Mr. Cantu. Welcome back, my man. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I didn't like seeing those solo po- uh, podcasts. I was gonna be back. Uh, just had a baby <laughs> boy, so that's that's an amazing uh, feeling. And you know, yeah, good to be back. But but tell me about more of that ba- background, that a virtual background. Where are you at, Zoe? We are in the state of milk. If you could, I'll give you two, three guesses real quick. I'm in the state of milk, the city of flour. I would say too. Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking like Wisconsin vibes because I know they got cheese up there, but I don't know. That's what I thought too, but no, it's not that one. That that no, that's a good guess, but it's it's not. Where you at then? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh wow, okay. The Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Yeah, wherever we're out here, you know, just a little mini vacation, just me and the wife, and you know, just checking things out over here. Even Prince's hometown as well. Who? Prince. Do you not know who Prince is? No, I do. I didn't hear you. Okay. A little bit of purple rain action. Okay, okay. (laughs) But I don't think anybody wants to hear about that. But 128 is the episode, The Swinging Shrows as our title, as the Astros took care of business and take this series win against the San Diego Padres. Um, in the beginning, Angel, and the Padres, I mean, 11-2, and I'm like, okay, this is not happening because the offense took off over there in Arlington. They go back home, and then they just put up two runs. I'm like, no, this is not the way that the Astros are going to you know, finish this series. And sure enough, they put up seven runs the second day with 11 hits. And same thing on the series finale, scoring 12 and 11 total hits as well. So it was great to see that from the Astros bounce back from that first game against Blake Snell, which Blake Snell, honestly, he's going to be a, a Cy Young favorite. It's, I honestly think it's going to be between him and Justice Steele right now as the NL Cy Young gets down to business. But, yeah, I mean, great series to win. And then the Astros – Nine of their 11 games, if I am looking at this correctly, nine of their last, their next 12 games will be going against the Oakland Athletics and the Kansas City Royals. So the Astros have to take care of business because they're playing one series here against Oakland. They're traveling to KC, coming back to Houston, and they will be playing against uh, the Royals as well back home. But Angel, give me that one word. We haven't heard we haven't had a one word one word in a while. My gosh, I'm getting tongue twisted over here. Uh so give me that one word to describe this series and you know, show me your taste of what the Astros have done. It was a magnificent series for the Astros, especially because Seattle lost twice. So now they have a two and a half game lead on the AL West. But JB France looked good as always. I think right now like in the playoffs, it's like like rotation, it has to be Verlander, Framber, and JP France. I think he's well deserved. And in the beginning, JP, uh, in the beginning, uh, Javier kind of looked like a little bit good. Like like, but he started off pretty well, and then he just blew up in that uh, third inning, fourth inning, right? But we kind of mm-hmm. got a glimpse of what could be with Christian Javier. But the offense was good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very important to get Javier to, like, start because after that game against uh, New York at home, 
it looked promising. It looked like maybe the next Star Hill pitch was going to be a decent and good outing, maybe a five and a third, five and two thirds, or even six. That's what everybody was hoping to see, but didn't get it done. Uh, good to hear that you were saying that because I didn't get to watch any of the games this series. Um, but the way you made it sound, that's a good sign that he had a good start to the game. But, you know, at the end of the day, he just got to capitalize and finish it off instead of, you know, giving up a lot of walks that he usually does this season. But like you said, I mean, the Mariners did lose two games in that series against the, the Tampa Bay Rays. They're two and a half games out of first because the Astros are there with an 82 and 62 record. And then the Texas Rangers, 78 and 64 with three games back just a half game back of seattle for that second spot in the ao west so let's get off with our shout outs angel and start us off my man we haven't had a shout out from you in a good while how about start off with a name everybody loves to hear jordan alvarez five for seven 714 batting average he had one double one home run four rbis and four walks i don't know what like you said you didn't really see uh, some of those games, but did you see that home run by Jordan Alvarez, that second deck shot? Yes. I that did. was that was, like, that was a loud home run. Like We can hear it in all over the stadium. It was what I was told. And Jordan's been kind of on the terror. He had five RBIs last year in Texas, so he's finding up those RBI numbers. I, I believe uh, Kyle Tucker has a lead on that. I think he's just uh, – you, you'll talk about it in a bit. But, yeah, I think – He's what he's making a like he's making himself up there and trying to catch up to Kyle Tucker as well. So he he's been looking good. Yeah, the play dis, uh, discipline as well. I mean, he's looked really comfortable in the plate in these last two series against the Rangers and against the Padres. Oh, and in my fault, it was five walks in Texas, not RBIs. Oh, five walks. I mean, shoot, that's even still good. I mean, the guy's finding a way to get on base. Each and every time, I mean, four walks in this series, and then the last series against Texas, he had a five walks in that one. Uh, he, I think, like you're saying, he looks very comfortable at the play. He's looking like that MVP caliber player that he was last year. So that's a very good thing to see from him. My shout out, Angel, I'm gonna go with Kyle Tucker. I mean, he didn't really have a great series against the Padres. He went three for eleven with a two seventy three batting average this series. But I mean, the guy still hit the ball pretty good whenever he had the opportunity. One double. Two triples in the same game, which we'll talk about in a minute. Four RBIs, two walks. He has over 100 RBIs once again. Uh, he got his 100th RBI on Saturday, 101 as well. Now he has, I think, what, 103 or 104. Mm-hmm. But two triples on Sunday, like I said. First Astro to triple twice in one inning. 11th time this has happened to a Major League Baseball player in Major League Baseball history. And those... That, that one right there, that information came from Mr. Brian McTaggart. So thank you, Tax, for having that up for us. But, I mean, that was a good thing to see Tucker uh, swing the bat at the end of this game. I mean, he looked very comfortable, two for three at the end of the day with them two triples and giving them runs batted in. I mean, I think that's very important for him because since he's in the five spot, um, all the R- RBI opportunities is going to go to him, Bregman, or either um, or Abreu. So, very great to see that Mr. Tucker is looking at the ball pretty good. Yeah, don't let uh, Tucker start getting those triples. Or not. He's going to make uh, a run for Evan Gaddis's money. Uh, now, when I don't remember that season uh, where what, but he had like what? He had five had triples, double, I think. Or no, no, no. He did have double, double digits, digits, I think. I think I, so. I, I think it was double digits. It. You know, I think I saw something. Uh, I think it was 11. I think so, too. I, I want to say it is 11, but 
I'm not 100% sure. Real quick, too, when, since we're researching this, um, Kyle Tucker uh, now 28 yeah. stolen bases, 26 home runs. The man is still looking at 30-30. You think he's going to get 30-30? It's getting close to the wire, man. It's, I mean, it we is. have, like, what, about two and a half weeks of baseball left? It's possible. I think so. It's possible. I, I think maybe the stolen bases at least will get to 30, but the home run numbers, if he can catch fire these last two weeks, I mean, he's going to look very promising for him. Yeah, so Evan Gaddis had had 12 triples yeah. in uh in in his career in five like in five straight years and 11 of them came in 20 uh 15 2015 wow. yeah that's crazy the, the big oso blanco how about that yeah but let's I, talk I, about- I wonder i honestly real quick i honestly wonder if that season 2015 if that led uh the american league that'd be crazy if it did let me see it's right here it's interesting i mean because i mean if you when you look at Evan Gaddis, you don't think he's a triple. I mean, you don't think he's a triples kind of guy. It did not lead the league in 2015. Who was that then? If you I have... I don't know because you know how like when we go to Baseball Reference, it, it puts it in bold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so it's not in bold, but yeah, oh, okay. it's crazy. So in 2013, zero triples, 14, one triple, 15, 11 triples, 11. and after that, no triples. Thought so he did get a World Series ring at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> he did, but. You know, but let's talk about this Cuban connection. I just shouted out Jordan Alvarez, and how about Jose Abreu? He's finding it on the plate, which is, mm-hmm. again, as long as he's find he's finding it now. What he did in the beginning of the season doesn't matter. Like, like or like he like if he gets high in October and he starts like powering through, it's like like just think about Jeremy Pena last year. Like he's he like he struggled in the beginning, mm-hmm. got hot late, got hot in the playoffs, and everybody forgot about what he did early on. So Jose Abreu can be trending in that direction as well. He went three for nine. It's a 333 batting average, three RBIs, two walks, and had an RBI in each game. And something that uh, I did like is he's laying the ball travel a little bit more. He had a double that was on the right field line. So it's always a good time. Like a good thing to see as well. Yeah, I think this guy's going to be my X factor when it gets to October. I Because, of course, the season that he's had it, I mean, it hasn't been promising seeing it from an. You know, the Astro fans have – they've seen it before from him. They think, okay, well, Yuli gone. He hasn't been doing too good. And honestly, I mean, he he hasn't had the best season of his career. But I do say when he gets to the playoffs because he that was – I believe 2021 was the first time he's been to the, you know, to the postseason with the White Sox. So being this one, being the second time, if the Astros do make it to the postseason, I say he's going to be the X factor of for that Astros lineup in the postseason, especially if him being that sixth spot. Yeah. Very important opportunities right there. Yeah. But the last one and not least, Mr. J.P. France himself, Jonathan Patrick, have a day on the mound, sir. Six innings pitch, four hits, one earned run, five walks, five strikeouts. Yeah, we, we got to, you know, shake up a little bit of those walks right there, five walks. I mean, that, that's kind of brutal. I mean, Framer Valdez had did that one time too, and he still pitched a good game. And sure enough, same thing J.P. France did over here. Nice seven pitches, 54 strikes. The thing I like about J.P. France too, dude, is that he bounces back every time he has a, you know, not the best outing. So go back to Boston uh, at home. He, you, you remember that was his worst start of his, you know, rookie career. Next time he went to Boston at Fenway Park, he pitched a gym over there. Same thing happened at Texas. He was getting roughed up by the Rangers. Comes back to Houston. Goes against a good offense like the San Diego Padres. And sure enough, dude, another bounce back start like that. Six innings, four hits. That's a quality start in the book. So 
great to see JP being able to bounce back and pitch like a like a major league pitcher that he is. Yeah, and again, like I said, I think JP Francis is a lock in that Astros rotation. But do you see him like in there, or what do you think? I honestly do see him. Actually, I really do. Uh, which I'll ask you a question later on when we talk about the preview, but I I could see him being a three or a four in that Astros rotation if they make the postseason. Because okay. looking at the other ones, which we'll talk about here in a minute, it's kind of it's a little toss up in the air. But let's get with the preview, Angel. Let's get with the preview. The Oakland Athletics are coming to Houston for their final time this season. This is the last time the Astros will see the AOS opponents. This year, as you know, you remember the rules that Ron Manfred had said with each divisional team seeing a little bit of each other this year and, you know, for the rest of the seasons going on. But, um, yeah, this is the la- the second to last one. The last AL team that the Astros will play will be the Seattle Mariners. But Oakland Athletics, they're 44 and 99. My gosh, they just need one more loss to have triple digits in the L column. How about that? The Royals are already there. The Royals are already there. I mean, both of them are fighting for last place in this in the in MLB. So, last in the AOS, five and five in their last ten games. They did lose the series against the Texas Rangers. The funny thing is, too, they won the first game of that series. And honestly, dude, I thought they were going to win the second one, but just didn't turn out that way. Uh, Texas got back on its feet and took the series from them. But Monday, you got 7-10 start time. You have Mason Miller, who's 0-2 with a 3.09 ERA. He'll be going against Framber Valdez, who has an 11-9, 3.30 ERA. It looks like his, you know, his ERA has dropped now after good pitching performances from Framber. Uh, his last start at Texas, seven innings, six hits, one run, four walks, four strikeouts. He is 3-0 in his last three starts this year against the Oakland Athletics. Let's see that. Let's see if you're a Nationals fan because that guy is going to be very important and very valuable if he can continue this trend going out through the season. Then you got Mason Miller on the other hand. His last outing was against Toronto. And Toronto, he had two innings pitch, zero hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, three strikeouts. That was a relief appearance in that role. But his last start at Kansas City, he went six innings, five hits, two earned runs, one walk five strikeouts he has yet to face Houston this year and obviously when Astros see rookie pitchers they're licking their chops ready to take advantage of whatever they can and the rookie will be making his fifth start this season with the Oakland Athletics so he has a four pitch arsenal and I think we should all be aware of to see what this kid pitches uh, he has a four seam fastball a slider a cutter and a changeup the most pitch you should Usage you're going to see from him is probably the four seam, the slide, and the cutter. But four seam more than anything, 54.1% of the time. He averages 97 to 98 miles per hour. Slider on the other one is going to be his second best pitch, 22.2% of the time, averages 84 to 86. Um, the whip percentage is big on this one, 44.8. And then you got the cutter, which is a 19.4%, which is just not far from a slider. Just probably throwing the slider's been thrown a little bit more. Uh, averages about 93 to 95 miles per hour. So this this guy got some good movement, good vertical and horizontal movement on all these pitches. And then last but not least, he has the changeup, which 4.3% of the time, not pitched a lot, 89 to 90. Uh, the interesting thing here, though, he has thrown the pitch 17 times. He's thrown it 16 times to left-handed hitters and only one 
to right-handed hitters. Oh, wow. and, this, and yeah, and this guy's a right uh you know, right-handed pitcher. So it'll be interesting to see if he does throw a changeup or two to, you know, Jordan, Tucker, Brantley, one of these guys because that that's a that's very interesting. 17 times and you're only throwing it one time um to the right-handed opposing hitter. So interesting to see what he does there. Yeah, and I know it's a small sample, but that 44.8 whiff percentage on this slider is very impressive like, so far. So, yeah. So that's a strikeout pitch. Is that what, like, uh, I was that was yeah. I mean, either like strikeout pitch or um, trying to like, get, again, get hitters to, uh, to chase. So, yeah, that's his second best. The first one being, I think he has 13 strikeouts with his four seamer. The second best is his slider with 10. So, it's, it's his bread and butter with that four seamer and that slider. But you got Tuesday, you got 710 start time. You got JP Sears, 4 and 11 with the 451 ERA. He'll be going against JV, Mr. Justin Verlander, 11 and 7 with a 323 ERA. And Justin Verlander has been impressive after that outing against the Yankees. He came back and went to Texas and, you know, threw really well. Seven innings, four hits, one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts. He has not faced the Oakland Athletics this year. You know, of course, being the first half of the season, being with the New York Mets. And being injured and then being the second half that the Astros haven't played the Oakland Athletics uh, this second half of the season. But last year versus the A's, he was really impressive. In three starts, he is 2-0 and with a 150 ERA, 25 strikeouts. If you combine his three starts together, he only allowed three earned runs. And, I mean, this Oakland Athletics team is almost the same as last year's. Uh, they have brought up a couple of rookies. Oh, there's Zach Gilloff being one of them. Uh, of course, the the Astros know Aledmus Diaz. Diaz is over there with the A's as well. But like I said, if if uh, Justin Verlander continued finding the way that he's been pitching all this season with the Astros, then there shouldn't be no problem doing it against a team like the Athletics. Next thing you know, you got J.P. Sears on the other hand for the Oakland A's. Last outing versus Toronto, five innings, four hits, one earned run, four walks, three strikeouts his last start versus houston he did receive the loss in that one he went five and two thirds eight hits five earned runs one walk one strikeout two home runs were from mr king tuck himself kyle tucker and then a home run by alex bregman but on the other hand his last two tart last two starts he's looked unstoppable honestly 11 innings pitch, eight hits, one earned run, six walks, six strikeouts. So when you read them stats, Angel or Weeman, when you look at them, I mean, six walks in those two starts. I mean, the last start itself, he had four walks. To me, if you're an offensive player, I mean, when you're you're at the plate, you're obviously going to be making this guy throw a lot of pitches to you. You're going to work the count, be aggressive, but at the same time, too, don't be silly and chase pitches out of the zone like, with J.P. Sears. If you did that with the his last outing against Houston, I mean, he gave up eight hits. He did only throw one walk, but he only struck out one player. So, honestly, to me, when you see stuff like that with with the walk percentage maybe being high, just make him worth the count, I'd say. No, yeah, and again, the Athletics have not been baseball's greatest team, right, uh, this mm -hmm. year, but there's a few bright spots, and a few bright spots is that rotation with J.P. Uh, Sears and Paul Blackburn. I talked about Paul uh, Paul Blackburn and again, these teams are going to compete. Like, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they don't have um, like the postseason in their mind, but they're they're down to play spoilers. So again, the Astros uh, should not take them lightly. Yeah, they have nothing to lose. To be honest with you, I mean, they just want to ruin whoever season by any means. I'm um, in September actually in the first week, 
in the first uh, three game series against the Angels, they did sweep them. So that that's pretty interesting to know. To and they played hard against the Rangers too. So yeah, I mean six three Friday they won that game. Saturday they lost two to three. Uh, like I said, they could have won that one and actually take the series away from the Rangers. So the Athletics are going to be scrappy and they're going to be good. They're going to find a way, like you said, just to spoil the those games and make you lose some of them. So be aware on these scrappy A's. But Wednesday, you got a 6-10 start time. You got Paul Blackburn, who is 4-4 four and four with a 3.88 ERA. He'll be going against Hunter Brown, who is 10-11 with a 4.78 ERA. And let's talk about Paul Blackburn for a second because this guy was an all-star. If you remember the story of him uh, catching a ride with the Houston Air Flight, I think that was in 2021 or either 2022, one of those years. He called one the plane rise to go the all-star game with some of the other Astro players that were attending uh, the all-star game. So Paul Blackburn's I'm pretty sure is a good guy, but his last outing at Texas, he did get roughed up by the Rangers. He only went three innings, six hits, two earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. However, against Houston, his last start, he looked pretty damn good. Five and a third, five hits, one earned run, three walks, five strikeouts. The only one that really had success was Mr. Alex Bregman. Paul Blackburn, too, after the All-Star break, has been really lights out for the A starting rotation. This has probably been one of their best pitchers, I'd say, since the All-Star break for the A's. 3-3 and with a 3.26 ERA. Yes, ERA doesn't matter a lot to a lot of, you know, statisticians or, you know, analytics or things like that. But at the same time, too, it's still a good number. 326, 3-3. I'm pretty sure if he was pitching for the Yankees or he was pitching for the Baltimore Orioles, I think it'd be even better for him. But there is a bright spot for the Astros offense to see with Paul Blackburn this second half and really this throughout this whole season. Uh, he has a 286 opponent batting average that that's combined with right-handed and left-handed hitters. Left-handed hitters find more success against him as he has a 303 opponent batting average while right-handed hitters on the other hand, still a decent number, 276 opponent batting average. So be interesting to see what the Astros hitters do right there as Paul Blackburn is a right-handed pitcher. So next one, we got Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown, and I've said it before and I've said it again, it's been a little difficult for him this season to stay on track and, you know, pitch great games. It's been a little rough for him these past two starts. I mean, even his last start against the San Diego Padres, four and a third, six hits, six earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. It's It's been very rough for him um, this past lately, but we'll, we'll just have to see what happens right here. Back-to-back rough starts, like I said before. His last start versus the A's, I, I I guess you could say it was a little positive. Six innings, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. He does have a 237 ERA this season versus the Oakland Athletics. That That's probably one of the brightest spots to see from Hunter Brown right now in this next start, which hopefully he does pitch very good. Hopefully he gets the confidence going again. But, Angel, are you, are you there? Are you there? Okay, I think Angel's having a little bit of technical difficulties. We'll have him on in a minute. But, yeah, that is the series preview of the pitchers, the pitching preview. Um, you got to be positive. You're, if you're a Nationals fan, you got JV, you got Fernando Valdez coming on the mound. That's your one-two punch right there in the starting rotation. Hunter Brown's right there, too. And, he, like I said, these couple starts he's had been rough. It's been very bad for him. I'd say very horrific, but at the same time too, you got to bounce back and get back into position because you're trying to fight a spot. I'd say 
in the starting rotation if you're getting to the postseason. It's going to be interesting. If Angel comes on, then I'll, I'll give him this question. But um, Hunter Brown, do you see Hunter Brown as a starter for the Astros in the postseason? Do you see him in the relief role? Do you see him in the bullpen? Do you even see him on the roster? You don't know. But it'll be interesting to see what happens if, if he does get on to the starting rotation by all means. He, he I, I think it'd be very difficult. But on the other hand, at the same time, I think what you call it, I think Brown would look better in the bullpen. Give him a little rest. Give him some breaks from all. So, yeah, now we got Angel back with his Wi-Fi. You know, his technical difficulties was a little there. But, uh, I mean, I've had asked the audience if you think Hunter Brown should be a starter if the Astros do reach the postseason. Where do you see him? Do you, do you see him as a starter? Or wh- what do you think Hunter Brown would be placed if the Astros were to be in the postseason today? Honestly, he might. And I'm going to tell you why, because – who who else? Uh, uh, like the only locks that, that right now in the Astros rotation for the postseason is Verlander, Framber, and JP Franz. After that is the wild card. You've seen Urquidy come out the bullpen, so I'm sure he's getting ready for that. But I think Javier needs a bullpen uh, opportunity as well. You know, say that arm a little bit because Javier, I don't see him in a rotation. Urquidy, I mean, he's he, he's looked pretty be- like better than I'm gonna say better than Javier. So now it's between. Javier Hunter Brown. It's just whoever plays well in this last stretch of the season will probably get that last spot. But if Urquidy's getting more bullpen opportunities, that tells me he's coming from the bullpen. So probably be Hunter Brown, but I think he has a short leash. Short leash for sure. Yeah, I it's it's very hard for me to say, like I, I was saying, I mean, you do want him to be a starter if he does it good, but at the same time, too, um, I mean, he's been having some rough starts in the couple, you know, in his past couple starts he's been playing. I mean it hasn't been the best. It hasn't been pretty. He's been only pitching four innings. And uh, maybe you need to see him in a relief experience for once, at least one time out of the bullpen. Uh, you saw how that went against Miami. He was, be able to, he was able to do it. But Jose Arquiti, you know, to me would be an interesting one to kind of give a chance. Yeah. Because we have hardly see Arquiti come back and start any of these games after he came back off the IL. I mean, you've seen a couple, I think maybe two or three. I don't have the stats in front of me right now. But, I mean, our key too in the bullpen hasn't been bad. I mean, if you take away that relief appearance against the Padres, I would say he looked pretty decent in the bullpen. Also, he does have some postseason experience starting some games. I mean, Christian Javier, too. Um, but at the same time, my gosh, I, like you said, it's a wild card in number, like in that four spot. Mm-hmm. And that's really, honestly, yeah, you would even say if the Astros do be like if they're in the ALDS, they're going to have to have a four game four starter, which if I re- if I could remember at the top of my head last year in the ALDS, it was JV, Framber, Christian Javier. Yeah, Christian Javier, actually. And then they threw that bullpen game in game three. So we'd like to hear your takes, though. I mean, what do you all think if, if it's if you think Hunter Brown should be a starter in the bullpen? Uh, if you think he should be a starter in the game in the postseason, or you think they should, you know, put him back in the bullpen and let him work from there, because that, even the postseason last year in the bullpen, he looked pretty good. So, be interesting to see. But like I said, Angel, like I was telling everybody, this this series is very winnable. They have the number one, number two guy in the starting rotation to go and you know do some damage against a team like this. You got to take care of business at home. No, and to go with your question of how many starts. So since he's been back. On August 6th, he's only had three starts. 
Arkady, right? Yeah, Arkady. Yeah, he's only okay. had three starts. Um, everything else has come from the bullpen. He started against New York, uh, LA, and back-to-back starts. Uh, that's when he was coming back. Seattle uh, bullpen. Then he started in Boston. Then Boston again. New York, San Diego. That's all been. When was his last start? His last right start there. was August twenty-third. I was against Boston. He went four and two-thirds, uh, four hits, one run, one earned run, two walks, and a strikeout. Which again, was it? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was no, about no, no. to say sorry, because sorry, I think uh, four and two thirds, eight hits, four runs, three walks, and a strikeout. And that was at Boston. No, and that was against Boston at Minute Maid Park. Oh, at Minute Maid Park. Okay. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. he recorded a save at Boston. He recorded a save, which I don't understand because I think that game it was like a lot to a little. I'm like, how do you record a save in that? I don't know. That oh, was, that's. Um, so when he came in, it was probably like, so it was probably like less than three runs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had out the inning, but he didn't come out the game. So that's considered a save. Uh, so it's basically like a Ryan's Presley role in the ninth inning, you know, less than three runs. Uh, but he came in, but he did that earlier in the game and he never left the game. So it's considered a save. Interesting. Very interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah, but yeah, so but I agree with you. I think Akiti needs to see some action as a starter. Yes, it hasn't been pretty, but again, he hasn't pitched in a while and he needs to get those bullets up for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to lose. I mean, you got to find a way to get somebody in the groove and that's starting rotation on. Especially because, like, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you know what you're expecting when you put Javier in. Like, it's sad to say because Javier was great and has been great. And it's just this season. It's like, you know, going mm-hmm. in there, he's going to give you about five four and two thirds. So why not give Rikidi a shot? You know, yeah. uh, I mean, the thing about Javier is like, for the most part, he ha- tends to find a way to get out of trouble, but he puts himself into that trouble. Right. So yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I would it's like, say- sometimes the command is there. And then there's days that the command's just not even close, man. And that's, it, that's the thing with Javier. If his command is working, he could get to six innings. But if that command is there and I understand maybe why Dusty, or the coaching staff leaves or kitty in the back and the bullpen just in case for stuff like that. But like you said, you got to give him a shot, you know, one way or another. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, but it is time for our MVP and hot takes again. Sorry. We were in that topic. I have time. Uh, <laughs> I was having technical difficulties, but we're moving on. So again, I haven't done it in a while. So I'm just going to go over with our new ones this time around. So, you know what? I was feeling kind of bold this time, right? You know, um, yeah. And it's been I, I, like, well, like I've been off two episodes, so I'm trying to make a splash. So my offensive VP is gonna be <laughs> Jeremy Pena. We saw him in that two hole. We also saw him in the bottom lineup, but he did pretty good. Um, and again, he's my X factor. If we can get Pena back t- to the way he was in late September and October, then this team, this one through nine, is is stacked. Yeah, it's like because again, there's some who are struggling, like Maldonado, Pena. But if you can get those guys going, tough outs everywhere. And so I say Pena, and then again, he did it last year. He can get hot this year again. Yeah. And my pitching MVP is gonna be Hunter Brown. I say he bounces back. He needs to bounce back if he wants to see, uh, like, like we we're talking about the rotation in October. I say he turns things around, and what better team to do it than the Oakland Athletics? Like again, nothing against them. They're gonna play hard, but Statistics shows when you're 44, 99, you're not going to win too many games. So yeah. uh, who 
why not them? And then <laughs> my hot my hot take for today is Astros score more than four runs each game this season again. Uh, and Hearns was telling me how Bla- uh, Blackburn's been a bright spot uh, for the Astros uh, for the oh, oh sorry for the Athletics. Maybe uh, Sears is pretty good as well, but I think they can outmatch that rotation. Yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's one. I mean, the, the team to do it would be against a team that hasn't been playing great all season. That's the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're one loss away from being 100 L's in the season. I mean, next thing you know, the Astros played the Kansas City Royals, which they're the same way. So it, it's very important for the Astros to take care of business. I like the Pena. I like the Brown uh, picks because Pena, he's done really well in that two-hole in the Astros lineup. And then Brown, like you said, if he wants to find a way to stay in this Astros rotation in the – you know, going into the postseason and maybe in the future, then he has to prove it right here in some of these games, which really counts. So, especially against the A's as well. So, last one I had, I had Altuve, Javier, and I said, which I mean, Altuve didn't have the best series. Javier, we know how that went. And then the Astros hold the Padres under 10 runs the whole series. The first game. The first game. <laughs> 11 runs, so 0 for 3. How about that? A little 0 for, for me, which has been a while since I think I've had an 0 for. So you take bad days like that, but it's all right. It's a new series. You got Alex Bregman being my offensive MVP. He's been really doing well for the Astros ever since the All-Star break has passed by. I think he t- continues to click in all cylinders. Being that four-hole, I think he – he. I, I, I honestly like him being in the two-spot, but at the same time, too, he looks good at the four-hole, too. So I'm not – opposed to either spot that he wants to be in the lineup. So Abrex is my offensive MVP. Framber, like I said, this man was 3-0 and against the Athletics this year. He threw, I believe he threw a complete game shutout uh, in the first game this season against the A's on Memorial Day, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Or Armed Forces Day 1 those days with the with the camo hats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so 3-0 and against the Athletics. Hey, baby, why we don't do four? No, for the season against the ace. So got Framber as my pitching MVP. And then the hot take, simple hot take, nothing too fancy. Ash will take care of business at home. But a little caveat on the top. I said all three starting pitchers get the win. Meaning so Framber, sweet. JV. Yeah, a sweep. But Framber, JV, and Hunter Brown collect a W under their belt. So like you said, Angel, this is the team to really do it against. But the Astros have to not play to the competition. I agree. I agree. Now it is time. I guess it's a pretty fast show. I think we're moving pretty fast. Uh, pretty fast. Pretty quick. Yes, yeah, because now it's time for our over and unders. And as the score shows, Lorenzo has a two-point lead, 36-34. So- yeah, we, we, we haven't done over under. If you've heard the episodes, we've been doing what we want to see, need to see, and don't want to see. So we've, we've been doing that. On the solo shows, but hey, we're back on the over under, baby. Yeah, I'm glad to have that back. It's kind of weird doing your own over and unders, right? So, <laughs> but <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna take the over on that, you know. Yeah, nah, <laughs> that, that don't work solo. I'd rather have that with somebody else for sure. For sure. So, again, you were talking, Jose Abreu, you got a shout out, and you were talking about how he's been looking better. So, let's start with him. Jose Abreu records four hits or more this series. Again, it's a three game set. I think he does hit over this series of four hits. I think he's starting to find a groove of things. Um, And that Arlington series, dude, I mean, he was smashing the ball. I know you weren't 
uh, on the pod when we were talking about, but man, that guy was hitting the ball. Cuban missiles to Globe Life Phil. And then even in this series, yeah, three for nine. But I mean, at least he's getting an RBI each game. The guy is finding ways to bring guys in. That's the most important thing. I think that's what the Astros did too at free agency trying to bring in Jose Abreu was to get a guy that's going to help bring guys in on base. So, you know, we're not talking about RBI production, but in order to get RBIs, you got to get a hit or, you know, you can even count as a sack fly, but four hits. I, I think he does go over on that right now. I'm trying to find the stats on his splits of this, this month, but I'll get the over on that one. All right. Why you look for those splits? You know, I take the over on this one too. Again, it's kind of like, I know he can do it, but the thing is, it's a three-game set. So if he gets one hit a game, you know, they lose it. So, but I think he can go over as well. Again, why not? Why not against the A's? So I say over on that one as well. So in nine games with thirty-two at bats, he has eight hits, two doubles, three home runs, fifteen RBIs. In August, he only had six RBIs. He only had six RBIs in August. In July, he had 15 to finish that month. We're still, what, beginning of August, you would say? We're still in the beginning of September, brother. Shoot. I'm sorry, my bad. Yeah, September. The, um, the most RBIs he's had in a month is in June, and that was 21. And guess what his batting average OPS was in that month? Tell me. 292 batting average with an 821 OPS, five home runs, 21 RBIs. Nice. So it's trending to the right direction, really. Yeah. So why not get four RBIs, like you said? Yeah, I agree with four you. hits, four hits. Yeah, four hits. I think he can do it. But the next one, Bregman has three or more RBIs. This one, I'll go hmm. first on this one. I'll go first on this one. I would say okay. over as, uh, uh, easily over. I think he can do it, and I think he will do it. Yeah, being that four spot, I think he, I think it's very clear to get three. I don't think he'll get three on the dot. Three or more is more than likely because against a team like this, you should be able to. You're in the number four spot. You're getting RBI at bats right there for a reason. So I'll go over as well. Okay. So to make it a little bit more challenging this time, Verlander right. fans, nine or more athletics in his start. Hmm. So he has <laughs> to get 10. Wow. And you know what? Let me change that one. How about 10 or more? I'll go I under, actually. Uh, I like a nine. I like a nine. I like all a nine. right. Well, even nine. I'm still going to go under. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the athletics like we've been talking about, talking about, talking about. But at the same time, too, at the end of the day, this is a team that's very scrappy at the play. They got good players. Tony Kim, Belenis Diaz, Zach Geloff, Shane uh, Langoliers. They, they got offensive guys. If they could just find a way to get clicking for that lineup, then they could be unstoppable. Just how they – I mean, dude, against that – Angels in the first week, they put up nine runs in one game and 10 runs in another game. So I'm getting off topic talking about the A's, but uh, with Verlander fanning nine or more, I think it's possible, but I'm going to go under on this one. Uh, wow. I think he'll use the ground ball more in his way. That's actually surprising. I could have sworn I didn't go over on that one, but I'm going to go over. Again, okay. the, Ast- the Astros aren't the Angels. The Astros aren't the, <laughs> aren't the Rangers. So I'll say he gets nine. Exactly. Nine exactly. Yeah, nine exactly, yeah. And you're going to go ten when you said nine exactly. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, I regretted it. So, yeah, nine. <laughs> so I'll go over on that one. And now the last one, Hunter Brown pitches six quality innings. 
Hmm. Now, quality. So if he pitches six, and he had okay, define quality then. If it's six it has quality, to be a quality start. Oh, it has to be just a QS. Yeah, QS. Okay. So he can pitch six, but if he allows four runs, it's it's under. This this is the team to do it, like you said. I'll, I'll go over with this one, and he's had back to back starts with four innings, not even getting to the fifth. It's going to be very important for him to get to six this game. I think it's going to, you know, for at least to save the bullpen too. The bullpen hasn't been really been used this weekend. If you take away the first game, I think Jose Arquiti took a bunch of the charge on that one. But if he could find a way to not use that bullpen, go six or even seven, which hopefully he could, by all means, it's all good. But QS in the books, I, I'd say he'll he'll get it over. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so too. I gonna I'm gonna go over on this one. I think he sticks quality innings exactly. Might might be able to go seven as well. Yeah, I mean it'd be good if he goes seven, but we I mean Hunter Brown's last outing going six was August 10 against the Baltimore Orioles. And that game he really should have finished at six, but I remember Dusty putting him in the seventh to go. Uh, but I mean Matt, but he's been a little roughed up lately. After two, oh man, yeah. So looking at it right now, Seattle on August 20th. He went two and two thirds, giving up six earned runs. At Detroit, that was his best game. Um, not really his best game, but I mean it was a good game to pitch against. Five eight, four hits, two earned runs. And then these back to back rough starts in September against the Yankees and the Padres. He's only pitched four innings and four and a third. So he has to find a way. He has to find a way. But I mean it's a it's a good opportunity like you said to do it against a team like this who's really what second to last and major league baseball mm-hmm. so they're, they're going to be scrappy like you said at the end of the day and they're going to try to find a way to win the ball game and this is really this series but other than that angel that is it for our show uh continue follows at full steam ahead on twitter or x whatever you want to call the app uh, TikTok as well subscribe to the youtube channel fsa full steam ahead on instagram Thread, you already know we still on there. We'll continue putting on our content on there as well. But our podcast platforms, you got Google, Spotify, and Apple. Leave us a rate, leave us a review. Congratulations to Nina, too. I forgot to give her a shout out on our last podcast, but she won the Michael Brandley and nice the commemorative pin set, which two good prizes, honestly, dude. Them commemorative pin sets, they're they're nice. Have the you know the series wins. 3-0 against the Mariners, 3-0 against the Yankees, and then of course the 4-3 against the uh, 4-2 against the Phillies. So great prize! Congrats to you, Nina. But Angel, do you have anything else before we sign off, man? It's good to be back. It's good to be yes, back. yes, it is. <laughs> good to have you back, dude. Good to have you back. But other than that, like you said, it was a short show. That's all we have. We will give you the recap of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, we'll record on Thursday night. We'll have that new episode on Friday since Thursday is an off day for the Astros. And we will give you that preview going to the KC, going to Kansas City. And, man, I'm pretty sure they have some good barbecue out there, too. So we'll have to see. But until then, y'all stay safe out there. Have a good week. We'll talk to y'all on Friday morning. See ya. Peace.